0: Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of our Perfectly Twisted show.
1: Seems like around the holidays, you find a lot of people that aren't so perfectly twisted. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit twisted.
0: Well, I will tell you what. Remember um, on the last episode, I was bragging about all the um, all the online sales and having it delivered. So three packages now. I mean, three packages that said delivered, and I got nothing. Really? <laughs> I received absolutely nothing, so I am on the chase for these three items that are gifts and have not arrived. Do so they, maybe it's are, not all always cracked up to me.
1: <laughs> are you sure they didn't? They weren't stolen.
0: Well, no, because I have cameras everywhere. So okay, good, good. I okay. would know that something was a delivered, and then I would know yes. that something somebody was on the porch. So
1: oh, no. no, good. But good they, for
0: you. they say delivered, <laughs> but it's not. But it's not uh, here. No, no.
1: I think that's the worst for a lot of people. Christmas time where you're like, hey, this is going to great gift. It just has to get here before the big day. And then you start panicking.
0: And is it like, what is it like the delivery guys? Maybe like they get behind and they just say things are delivered. (laughs) They're not. I I mean, I don't know how this works, because at least with Amazon, you know, they have to take a picture when they leave it. Yeah. So they have proof and all that. But these other ones, they don't. They just say it's delivered. (laughs) and You're like, where? So I'm just kind of curious if there's some shady delivery guys out there that like get behind on what they're supposed to be doing and market delivered and don't deliver it.
1: Yeah, what's well, the busiest time of the year for these people, for sure? I mean, you always see sure. them driving at night. It's dark. It's 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 a long, long day on how it works. But yeah, you're going to get caught if you're going to lie and say, "Hey, I delivered something and you didn't." Guess what? We all are able to track now. You know, it wasn't like no, that but the tracking it kids. says
0: they delivered it. Yeah. If they don't have to take a picture, if they're not required to take a picture, how do they prove? I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I know they're overworked. I know it's a rough time of year, but I would like the stuff I paid for. Of course. <laughs> I, would, I would like the gifts. Um. Okay. And so I have a product alert because I was also talking about that I had another one of those CVS uh, 40% off coupons burning yeah. in my pocket. And I wanted a moisturizer. So I did. I went and got the Bubble. Bubble brand. Can you see it? No. There. Can't,
1: there you go. You got caught it in the light. Right, turn it a little yeah, bit. It's yeah. It's hard
0: to see my, my light. Um, but it's the slam dunk, like a daily moisturizer. It's $16.99. I got 40% off. You do that math. Um, (laughs) everywhere, Ulta, Target, CVS, online, you name it. And, um, it's really great. It's just a great daily for normal skin moisturizer. And, um, I think it's really geared towards the teens because it's in the box. So you can't steal it. (laughs) (laughs) a lot i don't know what areas you live in but here in la when when a when a product is popular um it uh they lock it they lock it up because it gets stolen and i don't know
1: they put razor blades behind glass now you can't buy razors without going to someone to get a key
0: yeah and i don't know if i talked about this product before or not i'm kind of feeling like i did a bubble um product, but I don't know that it was this moisturizer and it has the cute, like touch pump, so You don't have to put your fingers in it. Um, Perfect. yeah. So I think it's good for, uh, all ages. I, I love it. Um, so that's my, that's my go-to still again, if you know of another one, cause I go through this like crazy. If you know of another one, let me know.
1: I tell you, though, for your daughter, and you said she, she has the taste in that same direction, but more expensive taste. It sounds like you have an idea for stocking stuffers right there. This is like yeah. stuff that you get her to put put in the stocking say, she's going to steal it from me anyway. I might as well stick it in <laughs> the stocking.
0: <laughs> she has it. She does have it already. Um, I just haven't used it. But I'm using it now. There you go. I think I've used it. But I, I don't know. I have a holiday brain, so... But, anyways, we have a really fun guest today because I sort of consider myself a little bit of a valley girl. I mean, I have, I have, li- I have resided all over, but I've resided in the valley for a number of years, and um, I, I have a love for it because I feel like uh, it's kind of a bit of suburbia in LA County. And you know, you still get that vibe of like riding your bikes and coming home when the street lights come on, you can still do that. Whereas, you know, in LA there's beautiful neighborhoods, but you're not really riding your bike around. You're going to get killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to get smashed. So, um, I love the Valley. And anyways, he also grew up in the Valley and, um, He is a historian on it. Uh, He collects all kinds of amazing things and has this amazing uh, museum called Valley Relics Museum. And he collects all kinds of like iconic signage to BMX bikes. But I will let him describe it because he obviously knows so much more than I do. I've just been there and got to experience it. So let's introduce Tommy Galinas.
2: Hey, everyone. Hi. Hi. (laughs) How are you? i'm I'm good i was I was you know listening and uh you know not to get too far off the subject. I had the same thing happen. I bought a guitar on eBay and literally it said delivered and it was a it was a total scam i it, what uh. they took the money they had it delivered to an address down the street from my oh. shop and when I finally figured it out, the post office is like it's a two inch by two inch box. And I go, well, the guitars probably, in the case, probably a foot and a half, two by, you know, three and a half feet tall. They're like, yeah, it's not it. <laughs> so so it's um, like
0: a little mini, like a little miniature guitar?
2: No, like a real like, you know, $5,000 guitar. One of my, my oh. nasty habits.
0: But what they delivered was like a little mini something maybe. Yeah. So what they I've did. I've heard of that is- happening.
2: Yeah, so someone on eBay went on. They created an account, and then they got the money, and then they shipped it. So within a day or two, they'll get the money, right? And they can they can dodge at that point, but they did ship a package, and it shows delivered at seven a.m. at the front door. And my shop it's a, it's a factory, so there is no porch. And then, you know, I, I put in the request and I talked to our regular mail guys and they're like, we didn't see any big package, Tommy. We're the only ones that will deliver. Then I called the 800 number. But yeah, it was. So eBay, what was interesting, refunded my money right away. They know they got, they got, <laughs> they got took. Um, you know what they say? If it's too good to be true, it's yeah, too good Yeah, then it true. is. Yeah, it was a deal. So at the first time though, first time. So I'm not going to get too jaded. Um, well, I'm glad anyway. to hear
0: the eBay. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that eBay uh, refunded you your money, though. That's yeah, right away. Really which
2: is. was yeah, I didn't have to fight for it. That's the one thing they'll protect the buyers. Sometimes not so much the sellers. So interesting. Uh, yeah, but anyway, that's 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 Valley life for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so but again. yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, I born and raised in the Valley. You know, came from uh, my mom. You know, moved from. Uh, from, I want to say, uh, Tennessee, and then Virginia, and then Maryland, because uh, my grandfather was in the service. And, um, you know, she came to California it landed in the Valley and got a job when she was 18 at Republic Studios uh, on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. And then my dad was born in Massachusetts, Um, you know in Cohasset and this is like 1940 1941 so my dad came out here to be an inspiring you know actor got several small parts but they had nine kids all here in the valley so we're all like born in the valley and nine kids and um, yeah so this is where you know my everything kind of you know started but you know being uh, a valley kid when, when I was younger you know we had cruising Van Nuys boulevard huge huge car culture um all the early BMX tracks started in the valley um you can date you know bicycle racing back to the 1700s but as we know BMX today with all the legends of BMX those tracks those riders a lot of them came from the valley and then you also had like Mongoose and Redline and Diamondback. Uh, I mean, just so many bike manufacturers were right here. So you had the early pro tracks in the Valley. You had the manufacturers here in the Valley. And a lot of the bigger, I mean, other bigger companies literally would come to the Valley to, you know, get riders to ride for them in Anaheim or Orange County or wherever. So, you know, car culture, uh, BMX, and then um, like a lot of hot rods driving around the Valley, dune buggies. Um, And then a lot of movies were made here. You know, you had uh, E.T. filmed here, um, Karate Kid, Bad News Bears, um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High for the most part. Most of that was filmed here and a few other spots. So it was kind of like, um, you know, Hollywood number two. And you had so many studios here uh, in the valley. But what's interesting is that not only was this area really rural, um, you had a lot of celebrities that lived here. Uh, such as uh, Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz, they had a ranch in Chatsworth. Um, they were married in Canoga Park. People don't you know, always hear about that type of valley history. Marilyn Monroe lived in North Hollywood and Van Nuys. She uh, went to Van Nuys High School, as Robert Redford did. Then you had like James Cagney's ranch off of old Melviny, Clark Gable's ranch. I mean, I can just go on and and name drop, but it was, they used to say when I was a kid, it was home, to the stars, home of the stars, because so many people had ranch homes here. And a lot of that had to do with um, California was one of the first places to legalize horse racing. And so a lot of those celebrities, instead of moving to Kentucky or Tennessee um, are now Nashville, they could have farmland right over the hill. And um, it was it was proof like farmland and a lot of ranch homes and a lot of land and by the time, you know, I was riding my bicycle, no shoes, no shirt, you know, long hair, naturally tanned from the hot heat of the valley. That's why, um, you know, that heat is why a lot of people don't like us on the other side of the hill. Um, yeah. They like being closer to the beach. They're like the valley, like there's no way. Um, but so that, that's kind of my environment. And I explained to people that, you know, there's a lot of different, um, you know, it, whether if you're from Asia or Europe. Their history is really old and it goes way back, and our history is really young. We're kind of like the children of, of you know, the spoiled children. Um, but it's my cultural heritage. I grew up around motorcycles and BMX tracks and celebrities and things to do in some of the very first malls in the world. So you had all this stuff to do. And, um, and you know, and so that's, that's how I identify. Um, So pop culture is my cultural heritage and the museum, you know, is 8,500 square feet of of uh, L.A. history, San Fernando Valley history. So it's all stuff that's been rescued or donated. And um, and and that's kind of how it, you know, it took place. In a nutshell.
0: (laughs) And it's so cool. Um, You guys can go check it out at valleyrelicsmuseum.org. And also on Tommy's um, Instagram, which is Valley Relics Museum, and it's verified. But it's just also so cool looking. Like the visuals along with the information. um, And you guys rent out for events too, right? So it's like this all-encompassed space.
2: Yeah, we just did a Hopeless Records 30-year anniversary there. You know, there's like probably about five, six hundred people and um, what a great event. But we do a lot of bar mitzvahs and private parties and sweet 16s. And of course, anyone from L.A. that wants to be immersed in free arcade play, BMX bike, hot rods. Uh, huge vintage neon signs it's such a great backdrop to celebrate a birthday and um, and that's how you know we're a nonprofit. but it's those events that allow us to go out and rescue it's those events that allow us to keep our doors open so it was a a way of creating a revenue stream um, to to make all that fun stuff happen
1: yeah. I love the childhood aspect, just the, the the memories that come flying back. I'm sure for, you know, Nicole as well, all three of us, you know, we aren't that much different in age, but just as you're sitting here and you're talking about, you know, the Valley and the, and the way it was. And for a kid that lived in in West LA, and when you said it was too hot on that side, that's always what my family used to say when I used to go, why aren't we moving over to the Valley? It seemed like I have so many friends in the Valley. Oh, it's too hot over there. You can't, you can you can't go over there, yeah. but it always seemed like more fun in the Valley. Yeah.
0: Well, and more homes had pools, right? So then the kids would drain the pools and skateboard. And skateboarding was a huge culture here, too, because you could do it on the street <laughs> Where you get know, hit.
2: That's a good point. What people don't realize is that on the other side of the hill, you know, Santa Monica, Venice, all the way up the coast, is you had the ocean and the valley had the swimming pool. So that's where they marketed it. You know to kind of cool down that's why there were so many swimming pools we were considered the sidewalk surfers but we had one of the first skate parks was uh recita skater Cross. and um since it was one of the first a lot of the Dogtown clan would come over and a lot of people skated there i mean you could think of anybody and they go yeah i skated there because it was very competitive they had a lot of the competitions there Um, so yeah, the skateboarding deal and the swimming pools, but yeah, we would not only drain the pools and skateboard, we would also ride our BMX bikes, uh, in those pools as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and the signage I love. So like Things like Henry's Tacos. It's so funny because when I love, obviously it's a beloved taco stand in the Valley and um, they were losing their lease. They ended up opening across the street, like Caddy corner, but they lost their space and their sign was gone. Tommy got that sign. And it's just one of those, like, it's so dang cool. It's just so cool. And it's like, it makes you feel like, okay, it's not gone. You know, it's it's, like, it gives you that warm and fuzzies. It's uh, that the signage is just like, um, because it's, it's visual, it gives you that that warm and fuzzy and childhood like good vibes.
2: Yeah, there's a friend of mine, his name's Charles Phoenix, and he's a very flamboyant historian, um, author, and uh, does a lot of these vintage slideshows. He refers to the valley as the world's most famous valley. And um, when you said Henry's Tacos, I mean, Henry's Tacos appeared in almost every emergency, Adam 12. Um, I mean, it was just in so it was a backdrop for so many movies as a lot of these locations were. Um, So, you know, uh, people go, oh, so, you know, and I know probably whoever's listening would go. So you got to kind of be from the valley to appreciate this museum. And I try to explain that the valley history is global history. Uh, The movies that we filmed here, the celebrities that we uh, that lived here. Um, you know, we produced 62 million Chevrolets in the Valley. It was home of the Camaro. It's where the first Camaro rolled off the, um, the assembly line. And that became like the home of the Camaro, where it was produced, where it was made, the prototype, um, it became so popular between the Firebird and, and the Camaro and a lot of those GM cars, then they started, you know, branching out to, um, I believe Canada and like Alana, uh, something like that to help keep up with the demand. Um, and then you know the the some of the world's you know greatest um, airplanes and warplanes and were all made in the valley, and a lot of the satellite rocket engines were all made in the valley. So our history has a really far outreach. And so if you like pop culture, um for example, you know, not only California or L.A., but the Valley, you know, has a lot to do with what fast food has today. Um, the whole concept was pretty much spawned from what happened here. Um, and, and fast food back in the day, you know, I remember going to Taco Bell um, back in the 70s and they would literally chop the tomatoes up. You could see them chopping the tomatoes up, grating the cheese cooking the the beef fresh seasoning it everything was fresh and they would have to constantly re-up it and so when you ordered a taco man it was fresh lettuce it was fresh tomatoes fresh beef i mean it was fantastic you know it's a little bit different today but there's so much history here and there's like layers and layers we could we could do a, a four episode on a lot of the families that lived here and the inventions that were made here. So it, it, that's what got me interested. There were so many layers of history that I didn't even know about. And the farther I kind of dug into the history, the farther back I would go. It's just like every little layer is like a rabbit hole of just coolness. So um, yeah. And you know, it's where I'm born and raised and I believe charity should begin at home. So <laughs>
0: Yeah. Wait. So, like, when you were gonna go pick up, say, like one of your first big signs that you saved, what do you do? Like, do you? How do you transport that? How do you deal Um, with that? Like, tell me about that. Yeah.
2: No idea what I was doing. I didn't really plan a museum. What it was uh, about twenty years ago. I was looking on the internet twenty two years ago, trying to figure out like get the story on uh, Marilyn Monroe. Like, OK, I heard she went to Van Nuys and I heard she lived in North Hollywood. I heard she worked at a factory in North Hollywood in the aerospace industry. And when you search, you know, Marilyn Monroe, it's like it talks everything about her career, everything in Hollywood and nothing about the valley and where she grew up. And same with Robert Redford and so many others. So I'm like, that's really strange. And, you know, L.A., Beverly Hills, West L.A., like all that is so documented Um you know, with all the glitz and glam of Hollywood and, and the LA area, and the Valley was a getaway for the celebrities. So it was kind of um, a place to get away from all that. And it was just right over the hill. And um, but the Valley is very underdocumented. So um, you know, the stuff I grew up with had already been around since like the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and it slowly started disappearing. Uh, Van Nuys, um, the the General Motors plant decided to leave, then Lockheed, um, and then, you know, Boeing and all these different companies, which provided so many jobs, that that was part of the demise of, you know, why the valley, like, I still love the valley, but it's not the valley I grew up with. And there's still a lot of nice areas of the valley, you know. Um, you know, all along Ventura Boulevard from Universal City to Calabasas. And then I call it kind of like the crater that you have all these nice towns and cities uh, around the edge of the crater. Porter Ranch is clean and nice. Granada Hills is nice, you know, and as you work your way around, you know, to, um, like I said, uh, you know, Wooden Hills, and then you get into Tarzana, Encino, Sherman Oaks, um, all those areas are still really nice and well kept and it's, yeah. you know, in the middle where, you know, it needs some work and it looks like they're finally starting to put money, um, back into the Valley. Like the Valley is the hand that feeds LA. There's so much revenue and we were number one in the nation in manufacturing for so many years that when we produce the, those tax dollars and we produce that revenue, you know, it goes into the LA pot. And then it's supposed to come back to the valley. So that's why we've been very unsuccessful of separating ourselves from L.A. And then we wouldn't have the bureaucracy of getting things done. But L.A. doesn't want to let go because (laughs) they know (laughs) that they want that money. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, you know, getting to that first sign, um, there was a place called the White Horse Inn. It opened up, uh, I want to say, 1950s, early, early 50s. And it was a five-star restaurant, and it had this big sign that said White Horse Inn. And in the middle of the valley, you didn't have uh, what you have today, like, you know, driving down Ventura Boulevard with all the, you know, tall buildings and, you know, houses built everywhere. You could see the sign that said White Horse Inn from miles away. And uh, five-star restaurant, the best food, the best service. And uh, my mom and dad used to go there, and then my brother got in an accident in front of there it was a destination we get on our schwinn stingrays our bmx bikes and that was the first destination you know riding from our neighborhood to there there was a liquor store next door then we would you know cut over to the kennedy surf shop in woodland hills and then we to panga plaza then northridge mall and then cal state northridge and then back home and that was and you know the only requirement was um be home by dinner be home by dark you know and uh, you could take a a, a sip out of the hose a nice big swig you could you know call uncle arnie hey we're tired i don't we can't pedal home anymore we throw our bikes in the back of uh, uh, the el camino and there'd be six or seven of us valley kids um you know you're able to sit in the back of a truck <laughs> you, know, you can't do that today um but the the white horse ensign was a was a landmark and uh it had closed uh, right around the same time General Motors plant had moved out of the valley, which was right around 19 seven, uh, 1997, and um, yeah, i just see it going by and going, man, there were so many memories there. The sign stayed up for so many years after, um, and everything inside was still intact, but a company called Northridge Foods bought it and used it for storage. And so um, I'd drive by, I would call, I could never get a hold of anybody, hey, when you guys decide to tear this place down which is usually happens or sell it can i have some of the booths some of the signage can i have the sign outside and they just thought i was crazy they're gonna oh, just keep calling back and one day um i was driving uh I was late for a meeting and i see him like literally bulldozing the white horse Inn, and it was gutted and i was like Oh my God. And I literally turned around late for a meeting and got in the cranes way. And I'm like, Hey, I was promised a sign, you know? And he's like, kid, you know, basically kid get out of here. Like we have a job to do. And if you're one of those guys, that's going to hold up the job, you know, kind of like with so many words, I'm going to break your fingers type thing. And I said, Oh no, no, no. I'm from the Indian preservation and this is Indian burial ground. And, um, so We can just stop it here and now, or you can give me the sign and I'll just go away. So lo and behold, um, I thought I could just, and that's a true story. The guy just kind of stopped and said, you know, what do you want? He called the owner and they go, oh yeah, we did promise that to him. He said, you have like till tomorrow at 10 a.m. to have the sign gone. Um, Otherwise we're just going to crush it. Um, I, I, went there with a friend and a ladder not realizing as the farther that I got up to that second story where that sign was, the sign was 20 feet tall by about (laughs) eight feet wide. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I ended up hiring a crane and um, you know, we had it, you know, we had to saw it off at the bottom of the big heavy pole um, to keep it preserved and then get it down to the ground and rent a truck. And I was like, Oh my God. But it was like this huge Kind of like historical trophy that was one more place in my childhood disappearing is once I did that, I realized the bigger the better, you know, and um the older the better and then people I and I was posting this all along you know on live journal and then myspace and people are like the valley fuck the valley and I'm yeah. like go why the valley? and I'm like, I don't care you know, this is important. And then the people, because there was a, you know, social media was starting to really have a great, you know, it reached out really far. People that lived in the Valley that left in 1980, uh, left in the 70s, either moved to Simi Valley, Santa Clarita, New York, back to New York, wherever. They were like, you know, I left angry at the Valley because the crime and, um, and things like that. Um, But you're, you know, you're making me appreciate having a new appreciation for um, the valley and its history and where I grew up. And, you know, I really wouldn't change my childhood for the world. Um, uh, and, and I would probably never move back, but I really appreciate your page and the history. And, um, and there was a lot of people that stayed. And so that first big sign was, is what really kind of catapult. And as I would be on MySpace and then Facebook and then, you know, filming videos of the rescue, and then uploading them people were like oh my dad has a sign in his backyard it was uh, uh topanga and sherman way called the young's gas station's been there since the 50s you know come get the sign and then people were like hey this so it's i call them the relic hunters and there's just a wealth of hundreds and hundreds of people from la and the valley that keep an eye on stuff and so if it can't be saved or preserved um, and it's just okay. the eleventh hour. Um we um, show up. We get permission. We have a great relationship, you know, with the city and business owners and community that we don't want to see anything be torn down. but a lot of the stuff happens behind the scenes. And um, so you know, you you gotta kind of just wait, like I said, right till the last minute, fence goes up, they start tearing stuff down. And it's kind of safer for us. So people go, well, you're just taking that sign just because. And I'm like, no, um, all all of the businesses are gone. All of the themed restaurants, Malibu Grand Prix is gone. The bicycle tracks are gone. All this stuff. um, There was no preservation in place. So it's like a fine line of saving it. But, um, you know, most of the historians... And most of the preservationists I work closely with and I'll call them and go, what do you think? Oh, we're actually L.A. Conservancy is working on that. We already have a line on that. We're already taking care of it or behind the scenes. They're like, go get it, get it and ask for permission later because it's it's going to be gone. Um, so, yeah, so that that's kind of what catapulted it was the White Horse Inn, 1950, this beautiful sign, um, you know, and then, you know, of course, Henry's Tacos was up there, like the second or third sign that we rescued mm-hmm. The owner gave it to us, um, but then a lot of the studio people and pickers were telling her, I want to buy the A to put in my apartment. I want to buy the T because that's my middle name. So I literally had to go to Janice Hood, the owner, and, you know, she was like, um, you know, Tommy, I don't have family here. I don't have a husband. My whole family's, like, in another, you know, state um, My dad, my grandfather never bought the property, but he left the business to me. Um, And I'm just I know how to open. I know how to close. I know how to order everything that we need for those delicious tacos. But I want to go back to college. You know, she's in her, you know, mid 50s, 60s. And she's like, I want to go back to college. I want to enjoy my life. And so as she starts saying, hey, you know what? I know I promised you the sign, but maybe you could take it down and hold on to it till I decide do I want to you know what I want to do with it. So I finally called her up and said, look, Janice, I'm going to give you some cash. And I know you could probably use it closing the business and all, but that sign's not going anywhere like it. It's it's I, it's it's going to the museum. It's going to the nonprofit. And so we made a deal. And she's like, no, no, I did promise you. But that was the only thing I could do to keep the hounds from literally, you know, um, taking those signs and, and it being split apart. And there's a lot of history at Henry's tacos. It was one of the first gringo taco stands um, back in the day, you know, it opened in 1962. So there was only a handful of those taco stands and people didn't know how to eat tacos, you know, cause it was, they weren't hard shells yet. So, you know, that whole process. So they're part of that whole, like, and there's history with other food entities like the cousins and uncles that had started other, you know, well-known restaurants and stuff. So I was, you know, it's, for me, it's, you know, it's probably cost me more money out of my pocket. And then the museum and the name kind of started to exceed me and got bigger than, you know, where, you know, there was a certain amount of output of labor and money. And it was, you know, kind of like my, my cigarette, I don't smoke cigarettes. Um, and I don't drink beer. So I had a lot of, uh, I have a lot of other bad habits, like I said, like collecting BMX bikes and, and guitars and stuff. But I had all this extra money and I'm like thinking, you know what? It feels good to give back to the community, put pride back in the Valley, uh, tell the history of how the Valley shaped the nation, especially in the car industry and aerospace industry and even movie industry. And so, yeah, that that that's the story behind, I mean, every sign I mean, there's the original Palomino sign. Um, the Palomino in North Hollywood opened in 49. Prior, it was called the Mule Kick. But the Palomino is what gave pretty much, you know, Elvis Presley's one of his first appearances there. If you look up Palomino in North Hollywood, you're going to go, I had no idea. It's the CBGBs of country music. And everyone got their start there. So we have all the original signage from there. I have like, stuff that like the, uh, the owner's jackets, uh, they were the first venue to get a a, a country music award. Um, I have all the awards. I have all the signs. I have a lot of, you know, the inside of, I could, you know, even have the sound system from the Palomino that once I got the signs, a lot of the old employees started coming forth with, you know, relics. And um, so there's things like that. Um, It's just a lot like even the, you know, uh, Mel's Drive-In from San Francisco, where the um, American Graffiti was filmed. Um, they were repurposing uh, and calling it, you know, Mel's Restaurant, not Mel's Drive-In or Mel's something. But I had one day to go out and grab this, you know, thirty-foot long by, you know, six feet six-foot tall a neon sign, and I had to send, you know, my brother-in-law and a couple other people you know, in a truck <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, we got 24 hours to pull this sign down and we did it, we got it. And um, so those are the things I think that, you know, that LA is finally starting to, you know, care about the history. It, it's really just shattered. It's, it's, um, her- you know, it's, it's, it's heritage, you know, and, and all the historic venues and historic homes Hollywood's been pretty good. Beverly Hills been pretty good. But as you know, sunset's been just stripped yeah, of, yeah. of all of those beautiful buildings. And so, um, like I said, you know, the, the Valley has a huge outreach. Uh, if you, if you haven't noticed, I like talking about it. It's, really, well, no, but- it's amazing.
0: We're- it's amazing. And, um, you know, the San Fernando Valley is underrated. It always has been. I remember living here and, and like you said, people go, Oh, you live over the hill. You know, like it was so cringy and it was like, you know what? I like it over here. I don't have to drive around for half an hour looking for parking. You know, oh, yeah. at the time there was free parking on the street. There was no crowds. It was quiet. It
2: was I liked the heat. Easy to um, shop. Nice, nice, you know, along Ventura Boulevard. Really nice boutique shops. Really yeah. awesome restaurants. Yeah
0: really close to work. Cause I worked at universal studios for so many years. Like, you know, so for me, I loved it and I d- couldn't understand why everybody hated it so much. And um, yeah, we I didn't, we didn't,
2: we, we just kind of, it was kind of like a secret, you know uh, we didn't, you know, they, you know, they say that, you know, a- as an example, you know, people that have money don't brag about it or talk about it. Well, the Valley was kind of like that to us Valley kids, you know, a lot of people talk crap about the Valley and we're just like, whatever. We didn't even have to, like, you know, try to explain. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
0: and it's like, fine, stay over there because we're good over here in the
2: valley. You stay on that side. It's hot. It's It's fine. It's it's hot, but we can jump in someone's pool, hop the fence, jump in someone's pool, and then get on our bikes and ride away, whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's listen, it's not that far from the beach. It's kind of easy to get over to the beach, to be honest. Um, Yeah, it's like
2: 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, it's not that bad, and it's a pretty drive. So, all things San Fernando Valley, it's a gem. It really is. And so are you for preserving it all and keeping it all alive and um, offering it for people to see. So, again, everybody, valleyrelicsmuseum.org, check it out. It is really, really special. Um, you can rent the space, you can go on tours, you can have a membership. Um, they have a gift shop that's really cool. Um, and also, Valley Relics Museum on Instagram, If you if you're on there, you can see some visuals. It's really, really, really cool looking. I gotta say. So, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you so yeah, much. It's so fun.
2: And I uh, really appreciate it, guys. I'm yeah, really
0: keep it up. Thank you.
2: thank you. Thank you. Tom. Have a good day.
0: You Bye-bye. too. Talk Thanks. to you later.
1: That, that's cool. You know, one thing about uh, about LA, I should say, because uh, you know, anyone who's you know listening, watching to your podcast, Nicole. You know, obviously, we're in Southern California. You know, I grew up in Los Angeles. You've been in Los Angeles, you know, basically your entire life. You've worked in LA and made a, a, you know, a nice living for yourself in Los Angeles. What you don't realize is for people who aren't in Southern California, especially the Los Angeles area, there's so many things, just like Tommy said, whether it's movies or TV shows, where you know exactly where that is. I mean, it's so unique to go, well, that's my neighborhood. That's where, you know, if you're watching going back to the 70s or early 80s and you're watching, chips you're like i know that street or you're watching you know a, a, any movie it could be a mall like tommy was saying that yeah. arnold schwarzenegger movie i know that mall you know fast times of richmond high all that stuff is so unique to growing up in los angeles whereas other people who who didn't live in this area like like you and i it you you don't understand it and if i could say let's say if you're listening to or watching the cole show right now and you live in st louis Missouri, imagine. Your entire childhood shows up in multiple movies and TV shows on All a regular basis, and yeah. that's it is so so unique. And with the, when he was talking, you know, I'm sure you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Yeah, this is 100% what my childhood was. You know, the getting on bikes, the hanging out with friends. I mean, the other day I drove by uh, a 7-Eleven, and I just remember every time I see a 7-Eleven, and I don't go into 7-Elevens now. But it always reminds me of being a child, going and getting a, a Slurpee or just hanging up my friends in front of the 7-Eleven, talking about stupid stuff, whatever. But that yeah. was where a lot of memories took place in front of that sign. And when you're yeah. going through the different signs and he was wearing the Pioneer Chicken uh, t-shirt. Yeah. and yeah. And I just remember as a kid sitting in the car, looking at that Pioneer Chicken sign, just looking up at that thing over and over again. It was, that was cool. I mean, the entire time he was on, it took me back to being between the ages of, you know, five and 17 years old. That was awesome.
0: Yeah. And it's awesome when, when you have lived here and to learn so much more about it too. So, you know, it really is sort of just full of, um, history and, and so much, and you don't really realize it, you know, until, until you have somebody like him who, um, preserves it. And that's, it's just, it's what we need.
1: One of the things I think is cool about your life is that you had a chance to experience, you know, a lot of, you know, L.A. County, basically, where, yeah, you worked over the hill in the valley, and, and that's where your job was, and, and that's where you realized, I, I really enjoyed being over here. But at the same time, you're able to go back over the hill, and and you spent a lot of time in, you know Huntington Beach and and with family there. I mean, you experienced, to me, what is, is paradise of, of Los Angeles, that you got to experience the whole thing. Most people stay within... A five block radius, whereas you were able right. to move around and get friends and family on all over the place.
0: Yes. Yes. I I did. I, I really kind of moved around. Um, I've lived all over LA and of course Huntington Beach. Um yeah, and I've always had an affinity for the San Fernando Valley because it just was that little bit of like peace and quiet in LA County that you just don't get on the city yeah. side. And anybody who doesn't, you know, isn't so familiar with the area, LA County is divided by um hills and canyons that you have to drive through. One side is the valley and one side is LA city. And, um, the valley is hotter. Um, it's more spacious, it's bigger. And then of course you have the other side, which is the city and it's hustling and bustling all the time. So, um, it's divided like that. And, uh, yeah the divide came it came with a stigma the valley had a stigma but i think a lot of people now move over here the industry is like infiltrated the valley yes they want to they want to have a family and they want lands and they want their money's worth they move over to the valley so um it's not as quiet and sleepy as it used to be but um it's still it's still easier it's still easier than (laughs) getting around the city especially once you have kids oh boy so, yeah. All right,
1: before we, we move on, before we move on to mailbag, is there anything you recommend as far as what you're watching? Is there something that has, has jumped out to you that you you, you started watching or recommend watching?
0: Um, you know, I it's been so busy that I haven't really been watching much right now, but I still am sticking with Married to Medicine. I'm yep. telling you, it is good. Uh, those ladies do not disappoint. They bring it. And the Potomac, which all of this is coming to an end. Everything's coming to season finales um i have yep. been watching winter house which is coming to a season finale um and i i've just sort of stayed in that realm
1: have you been catching up with housewives of beverly hills yes i did okay what yeah. do you think so far what do you think of the seasons going on
0: um well i must not think it's that great because like yeah. i'm not even, okay oh 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 can we talk about denise richards in this last episode
1: yeah yeah, that's what right. I was mirror, hoping you would say.
0: Intoxicated, clearly intoxicated, and continued to get more intoxicated as the night went on. And, I mean, that's got to be one of those moments where I just feel for her because she had a bad experience with the show before. Um, you know, there's alcohol all the time around you when you're shooting those shows. And she, I'm sure she was nervous as all balls, right? And so she's drinking and driving from Malibu to Beverly Hills, which is a long drive. You, you, it's a solid hour. And I mean, to from the slurring and arguing with Erica to putting her coat on backwards or upside down or whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was one of my favorite scenes overall. Right, I'll be honest
0: and you know, and the thing is, I know she's gonna be horrified when she watches or when she watched it. She's horrified. She probably woke up the next morning horrified. But you know, to put her mind at ease, it gives us entertainment. And listen, we get it. I don't think she's some raging, you know, alcoholic or she needs an intervention or anything like that. I think it was a rough night and she over uh, overserved herself.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! But I um... so you
0: saw it, right?
1: Oh, I saw it. It was oh. the look, first of all, the look on everyone's face kind of would have been my face too, where she wasn't making any sense for people who didn't catch it. And yeah. everyone's kind of looking at each other like, are you guys catching that she's not making any sense too? Or am I the only one realizing? All high. Sense?
0: Okay, let's, let's not forget they're all high because they're at a THC dinner party where the, yeah. the food is infused with weed. So half of them are high and she starts yeah. on her rant, her drunk rant that nobody knows what they're talking about. Yeah. So yes, their faces were gold.
1: Oh my gosh. And when she's doing the you know what she did. I don't I don't know what I did. You you know, and she just it went nowhere, but she kept saying it over and over. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, this might be the best entertainment I've had in you know in a row for 10 minutes. Just it was going nowhere. And I was hoping it wouldn't ever go to anywhere and it didn't, just it because didn't. I wanted her, and I wish they had a camera on her when she watched the episode to go, what the F was I doing? She was so upset. But it went zero, went nowhere. No, she had, no, she had nothing to and
0: The funny part was she was saying she didn't want to um, partake in the THC because she didn't want to get high, yeah. but she yeah. was like wasted, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. drunk or, or whatever she was on, whatever she was doing. Um, and oh then um, and then she got, she hit like a paranoid state where Dorit's trying to tell her that her jacket's on upside down or on yeah. incorrectly. And she's like, don't do this. Don't you do this. Yeah. I know what you're doing. <laughs>
1: but do you you know they did it she did it and credit to bravo for going back showing what the jacket looked like when she walked in and then what it looked like at that moment and it was it was on like upside down and backwards and every which way it was fantastic something
0: was wrong it went from a full jacket to like a shrug yeah Yeah. oh my god oh (laughs) i mean oh cringe cringe cringe.
1: easily the best scene of the season i'm with you yeah
0: yeah, that I is, forgot. Uh, I, I can't believe I blanked on that one. Yes, okay. That was, I'm glad. Uh, I,
1: well, I was. I would have reminded you because I was about well to bring that up. Watch. And and uh, and the whole Kyle situation is is a little uncomfortable because you don't know which direction or how it's going to end up. Kind of situation that uh, she's not typical Kyle. So it's. I don't know, is it
0: me or does she just? Seem, she's so uptight. She feels so uptight. Like she's wound she, really tight I, right now.
1: Yeah, I think you know what when I think you're holding so much in that you're trying to hide from the camera. I think is my guess is what she's doing. You know, there's a lot of stuff inside that house that yeah. her life's not going as well as it used to. And um, again, whether she's protecting her kids or she's protecting herself, um, there's obviously something way off. And it used to feel like she was the most balanced one on the show. And now yeah. with, uh, hey, I'm just going to go out and pick up something to eat. Plus I'm going to get a tattoo, just randomly grab a tattoo. Seems yeah. like things aren't going well.
0: Yeah. Things are definitely different with her. And it's sort of like um, how you to try to like, hide something when you've signed on to do a reality show yep. like that, that's a losing battle and um, I think you kind of in the end make things worse. Um, yep. So it's sort of like do you bow out at that moment or you if you continue, I feel like you have to open up and you've got to let people know what's going on. Yeah, It's what you signed up for. Yeah, so the true. whole hiding it is like you said, it's uncomfortable and super awkward and it, it just leaves people to make speculations, which most of the time, are wrong, right? <laughs> true, true. Yeah.
1: P- people always like excitement and whatever's juicier. Whether it's uh, you know true or false, people want to believe uh, you know whatever's the most exciting part. It's not their life, so it's easy to to capitalize on to someone else's yeah. misery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, today's mailbag again. Uh, Nicole's mailbag. All you have to do okay. is go to the website perfectlytwistedpod.com. And uh, it'll be right there at the top, Nicole's mailbag. We have questions from uh, Tony Nacarado. By the way, we had a bunch of questions come in. If you put questions in, we'll try and get them uh, on the show as soon as possible. But a lot of people over the last week have have written in with questions. So, Tony, you're the one who we we grabbed today. Okay, so please don't stop with the questions. Uh, We will get through as many as we can. Uh, Nicole, first question from Tony is, Nicole, what was it like being on Married to the Children? You did oh. an episode of Married with Children.
0: I did do an episode of Married with Children. It was supposed to be a spinoff. Uh, they wanted to do, um, I think, Married with Children, it was when it was coming to it. They knew that there was an end to the show in the near future, and they wanted to, the producers wanted to do um, a spinoff. Yeah. And so, on one hand, it was incredibly terrifying and so much, so stressful because there was so much pressure. Um, but the good news of it was, you know, I was with people that I I'm familiar with. Like I've known Christina Applegate, who's just the kindest, sweetest, most generous soul. And, um, David Faustino, who I'd known forever, Alan Thicke, I knew him forever. So I was able to, um, have, and Matt Berlinghi, who, uh, I, I played opposite of, um, I, I, I knew him a bit and, um, so there was like this half of it was super scary and stressful. And then the other half was like, well, at least I I feel good around these people. But just to be a part of that show was it's it's amazing. It's something I'm proud of, whether the spinoff because it obviously didn't didn't happen. But um, yeah, to be a part of an iconic show like that is, you know, it's it's a check. You know, it's like, you know, check. Got that done. Did that, and because uh, I was a huge fan of the show too, so yeah, it too. was, uh, yeah. Every, I think you know, the world loved that show. So um, that was really exciting. It Was really fun, and also really nerve wracking. <laughs> there you right, have I it. You, I think
1: I've, I don't think I've ever shared this story with you. My Meredith children's story. So when right. I was in high school, my junior and senior year, as just tell you, I used to get tickets to TV shows. That's where I first met Nicole when she was doing Charles in Charge. And you filmed or taped on Thursdays and Meredith Children. I can't remember the day they, they taped, I think it was a Friday, but anyway, I ended up with tickets to see Meredith Children. And I was like, Oh, that that's great! I'm, um, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of the show. It probably was my, my favorite TV show on, on television at the time because it was so unique at the time. There wasn't a show close to that, yeah. And um, just uh, remember, well, I don't know, you work there, but they recorded on Gower, and so. Yeah. It's not as the same area like where you were, where you did Charles in Charge, which is a little bit safer. And so <laughs> we get tickets. buddy of mine and I go. I'm a senior in high school. And at this time, by the way, for the people who don't know or follow, have followed her show from the very beginning, I, when I was in high school, I used to ask Nicole out all the time. She never once called me back. But that's uh, I'm over it. Okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you can get rid of me. That, <laughs> now that, that you're calling every day.
1: Yeah. It's, it, every time she calls, I always think in my mind, well, that was 35 years for you to call me back. But okay. Um, so so go to Meredith's Children. And the one thing about the Children, which is different than any other show I've ever seen, the actors were so solid on that show. There was never a mistake. And literally, if they stayed in that same living room, they could knock out a full episode in 30 minutes. And the only time they ever stopped was to go to the shoe store and like nobody yeah. made a mistake all the way through. There's no rewrites, anything. It just You were in for 30 minutes. You're out. And yeah. so go to married the children with a buddy of mine from high school. And in between of cut and go to a scene in the shoe store, Christina Applegate started talking to me and she asked me out and I said, no. And my buddy said, how are you not going out with her? And I said, I'm waiting for Nicole to call. I was, I was loyalty all the way to then, And so we leave Married of the Children. I walk out to my car and somebody kicked in my window and stole my my car radio. Remember that in the 80s, people used to steal oh, car radios yes, all the time.
0: Of course. Yeah. Oh, because you was, were you were in Hollywood since I like, was in Gower. G-
1: off of Gower. I was parked right on Gower.
0: Yeah, that's oh, what I was saying. No. It wasn't the same
1: neighborhood. Oh, so it's two doozies. It's so, you
0: dropped the ball with Christina and then he, he got Yeah, well, car thanks. It hurts to hear you say idea.
1: I dropped the ball. it hurts to say that. <laughs> so when we went to school the next day the kid i was with man he just went on and told the story a million times he told her no and i kept saying nicole's gonna call never call nicole. anyway tony thanks for bringing I'm that really up sorry. i feel worse i'm gonna go in the corner and cry when the show's over all right here we go second question from tony <laughs> nicole in addition to acting did you uh ever also want to be a writer or director or do you want to produce again like you did after the baywatch documentary
0: um You know, I think producing is more of like where uh, where I fit in. I like it. It gave me like a new zest for the industry. So um, producing is something I would very much be open to. But at the same time, producing the documentary kind of gave me the acting bug. So I'm kind of wanting to do some scripted acting again too. Um, It's my favorite place to be. But I, I do love production because, like I've said so many times, I love the process and the journey of you know, every project. So you really get your hands in that when you're producing something, you know, it's from the idea to the sale, to the, to the, you know, the green light to production to the sale of it. Um, and so you get to go along that entire journey, which, you know, for me is the the fun part. So that's why I love it so much.
1: All right. Next question is, uh, Nicole, have you ever had someone ask you for an autograph or a selfie at a bad time or an auto location?
0: I guess I would have to say like the public restrooms are the weird ones. <laughs> public restrooms. But you know, at the same time, I kind of get it because you're washing your hands and you know, hopefully you're washing your hands in the mirror and you're you're looking at people and then you get recognized that way. So, um and you're kind of, you know, aware of your surroundings in the bathrooms, but quite a bit in public restrooms, yeah.
1: You know what? In San Diego, that's happened to me. That is my least favorite think, place, too.
0: I think that it's more inappropriate for, for men, though. Men in the men's room is. is a little bit different, right?
1: Yeah, because you're standing next to someone else and your pants are halfway down and you're like, this yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, I don't know. that. Yeah, the restroom is the worst place.
0: It's strange. You're absolutely it's right. Strange, but it's, um, you know, it happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at least you're only washing your hands when you're actually talking to him yeah because yeah. then you're like is this guy gonna go in for a handshake before we both wash hands like what what's happening
2: what's you know happening none here? of
1: that's comfortable absolutely right all right um, uh nicole did uh your friends ever give you a nickname when you were younger
0: um no not really i mean some throughout some of my life um some of my friends call me nickel Um, so Nicole, um, yeah, and, but that's it pretty much stuck to Nicole. I never really liked Nikki. Uh, my dad called me Nikki, but, um, he was the only one allowed to, because for some reason it sounded different coming from him. Um, but I, I, that was never like, uh, I don't know what I had against it. Looking back, I'm not sure what I had against it, (laughs) but I hated it. And, um, so it was never Nikki, but Nick and I see Nick and, um, Nickel. Those, uh, those are sort of floated around.
1: I like it. Uh, I like it. I'm glad you didn't do the Nikki thing. I think Nicole fits you perfectly. Yeah. And then I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Final question. Um, again, from Tony, again, Tony, thank you very much, Nicole. I see you now have an official account, uh, selling things on eBay. Are you going to branch out and sell other things in addition to personalized autograph photos?
0: Um, I'm thinking about it. Yes, I have to. It's kind of a lot of work. Um, I, I get so many, uh, I get so many autograph requests like through social media and we were just getting a little bogged down by it. So the eBay store seemed to make more sense and it's just more easy and organized to send out. Um, so that's really why I started that. It's easier on, um, myself and my team who put it together and have to get it all mailed and shipped and all of that. So, um, we're doing that. But yeah, I, I think that I will add things that are, um, you know, definitely more rare and one of a kind. Anybody that doesn't know it's, um, Nicole Eggert official on eBay and you can get things customized and personalized. So for yourself or for a friend as a gift or whatever, um, you put the order in and then when I do the signings, I can customize it to you, which is different than everything oh, else cool. on the internet. Cause I see lots of pictures, um, autograph pictures of me that people have got me to sign and then they turn around and sell it. Um, wow but it's not personalized. It's general, which listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I would also do general ones, but, um, so that's sort of the difference is that mine will be from, you know, our office and it will, uh, be personalized to you if you so choose. Do
1: that's you, fun. uh, w- when people request something, they say, do not personalize it in your mind. Do you think right away, they're going to turn around and sell this?
0: Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah.
0: And they do. <laughs> yeah. And no, I,
1: it's fun. Yeah, it's funny. Well, where I'm at right now, to my to my left, I have uh, an autographed picture of Pete Rose, the baseball player. And uh, we did uh, like three shows in a row with Pete Rose and was helped to help him bring people in so he can sign autographs. He signed autographs for seventy five dollars every autograph, just signing his name on it. And so when the three days were over and there was no one around, I said, I want to get something Mm -hmm. from Pete Rose. And so I said, hey, Pete, can I get a, a picture autographed? He goes, yeah, 75 bucks. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, I just spent nine hours helping you bring all these people in. But I go, I am going to pay the 75 bucks because I know it's going to be worth something. And my buddy Jeff had him sign to Jeff and sign you know, his, his name. And I said, no, Pete, just your name's fine. Because exactly. When Pete drops dead, I'm selling that picture in a second. I was so irritated yeah. that he asked me for $75. I did exactly yeah, what those other people are doing. Yeah. Usually
0: when people are helping me out and I, I'm, yeah, I will always do uh, for free. Well, you know, I, I never used to charge for my autograph because I thought that was so strange, but then I see these people come and ask me for my autograph and I like do it out of like the kindness of my heart. And then they're turning around and selling it. Selling and it. someone finally brought it to my attention and said, this is a business. This isn't like, you know, this isn't charity. This is a business. So then I was doing it. um, And uh, I, I do donate for, to charity, the profits, but, it's the principle. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right.
1: Principle, I'm with you. So, um, yeah. You're right.
0: So that's where we're at.
1: You're exactly right. All right. Again, if you want to put a question into Nicole's show, perfectlytwistedpod.com, just look for the mailbag, submit your questions. We'll do our best to get them on. But uh, otherwise, Nicole, that, that was a lot of fun. That was cool going to memory lane right there, talking yeah, right Tommy and the Valley and all that stuff. That was a fun show.
0: Yeah. I really encourage you to go look at it. It's a great visual. It's a really, really cool visual. So, um, yeah, I was so glad he came on. That was
1: cool. That was cool. All
0: righty. All righty. All righty. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. And uh, we will see either next week or the week after. I know the holidays is weird, so bear with us. We didn't do one last week. And um, scheduling is just a little bit tough, so bear with us.